Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all of the chapters of Shonen Jump on Viz's website, as well as another collected volume of manga. My name is Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. This week we read Bakuman, volume 16. We're about halfway done with Bakuman. Yeah. Before that, though, we have Shonen Jump to talk about. I don't know if it was my mood, which was not great this weekend, but I thought it was pretty meh. I actually liked it. We will dive in shortly, but there was a lot of stuff where I was like, yeah, that was fine. Nothing special. So yeah, I suppose, shall we jump right into it? Let's do it. Starting off with Mashal Magic and Muscles Chapter 52, Finn Ames and the Friend. I I thought this was okay, but like, honestly, it it was more what I thought it was going to be than what you thought it was going to be, but I still thought it was pretty weak. Like, I I found the villain's powers kind of like difficult to follow even though they're going out of their way to show them Mm -hmm. and i just didn't get the impact from the save at the end that it obviously is going for it seemed like it was too quick some of that was because so that dude that i assumed was coming to his rescue in the last chapter was actually mashal just with his hair like pushed back because he was running quickly like i had to go back and i was like oh that makes much more sense now it still seems like Finn should have like had to do something for himself, though, first. Or, or the save should have been comedic when it's just pure, you know, shonen cliffhanger. Oh, good, good guy showed up. What Mashal's strength has been is making Mashal's Goku moments be funny. Mm-hmm. And this one is just very typical. Yeah, I still thought it worked, though. Like, we have a little bit of Ames being like, I realize I'm the weak one, but I'm still not going to give in. And then he does his switch magic. Which, like, thinking on it, it probably would have been funner if he, like, he swapped with Mashal at one point, like, almost without him realizing it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how that would work in a magic sense, but it'd just be funny if it was, like, suddenly Mashal was there. It was like, oh, hi. Yeah, like I said, I just found the action difficult to follow. And not that every chapter of Mashal has to be funny, but that's where it can make up for when it's not as good as other Shonen stuff. And it didn't really have any humor this week, and it nor did it. I feel accomplish what it needed to with this chapter from a pure shonen standpoint of, oh, the minor characters standing up for themselves. It's a trope I've seen plenty of times before. I understand how it works, and they didn't really do it right, in my opinion. I still think it went fine. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. That brings us to One Piece Chapter 1005, Demon Child, which had some stuff I'm excited for. I, I really like the Robin stuff. I don't know that we've ever had an actual like Robin fight in One Piece as a protagonist. And they're finally setting that up. And I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah. But that's what the chapter promises. And the chapter itself, I, again, it just seemed kind of et to me. It had some kind of like weird flow stuff. Like the Sanji stuff, I, I get what they were going for, but the jokes didn't quite land for me. It, it I, I knew what the twist was going to be, and that's where the humor lies. Yeah. I did like the Robin stuff a lot. But again, I feel like that's promising stuff to come rather than stuff that's in this chapter. Mm-hmm. I found the Yamato stuff to be kind of weird in a way I can't quite put my finger on. Okay. And we don't really get any resolution on last week's cliffhanger, which is not uncommon for One Piece, or I guess two weeks ago cliffhanger. I sort of wasn't expecting to either. It it just goes back to One Piece missing weeks so frequently. uh, it, It makes me expect more from those. Gotcha. Because it's been now two weeks since we saw that, so I feel like, eh. That's a little cheap. I do like, like I said, everything it's kind of setting up. The idea that Kaido wants Robin for something. 
again, we've never really gotten a Robin fight, I feel like, in a traditional shonen way, and I'm real excited for it. Yeah, well, I'm assuming Kaido wants Robin for the deciphering the Poneglyphs. Yeah, I, I assume so as well. It's very easy to assume. I think it would be cooler if there was another reason, but also I don't think there's there needs to be because I don't think there's going to be any fruition to that. I, I think Robin is going to smack Black Mamba. Yeah. And that's pretty much going to be that. Well, Robin and Brooke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brooke being there too is also cool with him cutting the webs and all the Brooke stuff. Brooke getting a chance to shine is cool. Yeah. But we've had we've had Brooke outstanding moments before, so yeah, like no, I said. Uh, I'm very excited for Robin to be there, but I also like that Brooke is there as well. I think it he will like the way I want it to go is he'll take on the rest of the mooks while Robin mm-hmm. fights Black Mamba. I like that angle too. One of the mooks I think needs to be a genuine challenge because since we're in the penultimate One Piece arc, I really feel like every member of the Straw Hats needs a key fight here. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure you know Black Mamba has like a lieutenant or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or someone can show up. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not worried about that. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. Like I said, Robin is the one I think in most need of it though because she's hasn't gotten anything. Like her last big moment, I feel was in Water Seven, and that's her. You know. Just saying, hey, I don't want to commit suicide, which is one of the most powerful moments in manga to me. Don't get me wrong, but it's not an action moment. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. She's kind of been that non-fighty character for the longest time. Like, she'll show up and do something, but it's it doesn't have that shonen thing of, like, overcoming your challenger. Mm-hmm. She, she's aloof and detached, so when she does fight, it's usually, like, one-sided and not a challenge. And oftentimes, it's even off-screen. Or yep. it's part of the of the Straw Hats showing off as a unit. Yeah. Which is fine for Robin, but that, like I said, I'm really excited for her to get a genuine shonen fight. So I hope we get that. Anything else you wanted to say on it? I actually did like the Yamato stuff. I loved the, oh no, we need to get out of here. Quick, hide in my shirt. Yeah, th- that is specifically what I'm talking about. Of like, that's, that's not actually problematic. I'm not like, oh, you shouldn't do this. It just leaves a very weird taste in my mouth. It was just, it like... Part of that was funny to me, but I also liked her being like, oh, we just need to knock everybody unconscious. That way they'll, they won't know anybody was here. Yes. And that, Shinobu that's being like, uh, that isn't how that worked. It's like, yeah, I feel like Luffy and Ace would both say that's a good plan. <laughs> Nobody can't tell me it wasn't a stealth mission if everyone's dead. Yeah, look, that's how Metal Gear Solid Five works. <laughs> you get caught, you call him the chopper. Yeah, so I actually, I actually did like this chapter a lot. That brings us to My Hero Academia number 303, top three. I see what you did there. <laughs> Another chapter that I just felt like, this is just feels like such a like transition chapter. Not even transition, just a, like a beat chapter. Like after those really powerful last two, I feel like this is just Hawks and Best Genus coming in and being like, yeah, we will also help you, which we already knew what they were going to do. Yeah, but we also get a little bit more spreading of the one for all secret. Not yeah. that well, not that Endeavor really knows, but he has like some idea. Yeah, bringing that up, I thought was interesting, but it's not enough to carry the chapter. I feel like, and and then the end cliffhanger is also like, it, it, I'm excited to see what happens next week, but that's also exactly what I assumed was happening with Deku. So yeah, but I like the shenanigans with Bakugo and the kids. And yeah, it, it's it's fine. It's just very fillery. Yeah. I, especially the Ochiko stuff I really liked. I liked Best Genius just casually calling him Lord Mur- Murder Deathman Explosion. Yes, that I really liked that too, where he's like, he's just totally fine with it. Like, yep, that's his name now. Yeah. But like I said, I just feel like 
if you miss this week's Shonen Jump, I don't think you will actually have missed anything in My Hero Academia. Sort of. It also really made me question, like, what's the, like, public knowledge about All for One? Like, Endeavor clearly knows about him, but, like, does Joe on the street after that fight with one, uh, with All Might? Because at the start of the series, obviously, he was, like, a hidden shadow villain. Like, who knows his deal? I'm betting not a lot of people do. Um, yeah, that, that they, seems right. They, but, like, does Best Genus know his deal? Probably. I'm guessing a lot of the top heroes were told... I assume Hawks knows because he's got all that shady stuff going on with that agency. Yeah. But I'm assuming some of the other top heroes were informed like, hey, we've captured this individual. Mm -hmm. Especially after he had the public battle with All Might. Yeah, like... So it's kind of like, who was that guy? All right, let's give you a little bit of a rundown. Did My Hero Academia Lois Lane do a big expose on him after that? Though, like, because I, I can doubt- also believe I would love the chapter that's just like an in-depth news journalist program on All for One right after All Might defeats. Like, who is this mysterious villain that All Might that retired All Might? Tune in at six. I would love that. Yeah, and I'm guessing they had some of the stuff like that, but obviously, probably not too much was leaked. Like, probably especially the cork stealing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I assume that's not known very well. You're right. I just. That was all I could think of is like, man, this would be way more interesting if we were talking about what people knew about All for One rather than what Endeavor knows about One for All. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. That leads us to Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 140, Execution, which I did enjoy quite a bit. What did you think of it, Kevin? Yeah, I really liked it. It's a good start to this conflict with Itadori kind of having to fight not somebody who's his equal, but another extremely physical dude. Only this guy, instead of actually having the physical prowess like Itadori does, just has a shit ton of cursed energy. Mm-hmm. And they have the moment where he's he just, like, oh, you're the opposite of me. Yeah. Like, you're a bunch of, you know, you're a huge physical entity with a little bit of spirit energy, and I'm the exact opposite, where I just use mine to enhance my body. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. The stuff about Gojo Sensei's like energy expenditure. Yeah, he lo- loses almost zero energy doing it is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically like Gojo's figured out he's like mastered technical control. I still have a little bit of whiplash about how short like the transition between the two stories was, but I yeah, but I certainly enjoyed this chapter. Yeah, I I liked it too. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. That'll bring us to Nine Dragons Ball Parade Chapter 3, New Dream, which I liked kind of, or which I liked quite a bit, but it is also very much not a filler chapter, but a transitioning one. We get a bunch of background on the female lead here, her deal, and I really enjoyed that stuff. And I like the Rio being like, oh, we just need to get a ragtag bunch of shonen baseball players together since everyone else has already been recruited. Yes. And, you know, that. I was getting that feeling of Bad News Bears where it's like, yeah, we'll get all the problem players together and make a super team. Mm-hmm. Which is a good direction to go for a while. Yeah. I also like the backstory with the Nine Dragons where it's like, oh, yeah, this was the team that actually beat, or this was the school that actually beat Hakuo for, for three years in a row, but then the baseball team disbanded. Yeah, presumably after those guys graduated. Mm-hmm. And the... I wanted to say chairman, but I guess principal's granddaughter wants the baseball team to get back together. Yeah. Yeah. No, Which is cool. And that like, that also tends to happen in sports. Like sometimes it's, you know, there's a thing like Hakua where it's like, well, we just, we attract the best players in the world and have, so that's why 
or not the world, but we attract the best players, so that's why we're the best team. But you'll have that one ragtag super team that comes together that it's like, yeah, these guys were amazing. But then when they left, we didn't have another group of amazing people waiting in the wings, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We, we had a, a super strong team, but they didn't recruit any talent below them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I said, I'm really liking Nine Dragons, so... I, I hope no, it, it is good. the sports manga that sticks with it for, with us for a while. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. That'll bring us to Mission Yuzakura Family Chapter 72, Weapon. What did you think of this chapter, Kevin? Because, again, you're way more into this arc than I am. Yeah, I still really liked it. I liked the kind of backstory into uh, the the weapon guy's blooming is, like, really powerful but has a drawback of he tends to lose control with it so even now he doesn't use it all that much Mm -hmm. and it's like so that's why he really got into weapons so that was like he didn't have to use his own power to do anything and especially the rest of his family being like "Eh, maybe you should back off this isn't the guy you're you should beat he's like no this is the guy i should beat i need to overcome my shortcomings yeah so this is exactly what i need to do and it was fine it just didn't capture me just like the previous fight didn't really like I see all the all the points. It's perfectly serviceable shonen. But I I've said before, I don't necessarily think that's Mission Izakura family's real strength. And I, I wouldn't say dreading, but at least it doesn't seem like all of the family members are gonna get a fight. It seems like after this one we'll get on with the elder brother and Tayo, who I'm more interested in. And Yeah, I didn't think I didn't think all the brothers were uh, everybody was going to get a fight. Although there might be a couple more, considering there's still a couple of Yeah. That's why I think everyone might get one. And I do like... There's not that many people on the enemy side, though. There's, like, two more. And there's the kid, which you can do a lot with. Yeah. And I I like this character's power, although I've seen it before. That's not necessarily a problem. I just don't think the art captured it super well. Not not like it's like, oh, this is terrible. But I feel like it's a power that the art really has to carry, if that makes sense. Yes, and at the same time, I can, like, I think it does okay... I think it would really be benefited by color because he's supposed to be manipulating steel. Yeah, almost for sure. Although you have to take that into account in your medium. Yes. I guess if you're going, if it was like carbon nanofiber, it'd be black. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, I kind of imagined it as more of a blackish gray, but steel color, yeah. But it's a cool idea you can make any weapon with this and, you know, kind of almost like a nano machine. That's not how it works in this, but that's the idea I got. Yeah, I, it was still cool. Like, I, I still like it. Anything else you want to say on it? Nope. Speaking of color, that brings us to Ayakashi Triangle, Chapter 34, Origami Folding Gods. I just wanted to mention the color cover to start out with. Not that it's anything special, but I kind of want Ayakashi Triangle to be more the manga that the cover suggests it is in a weird way. <laughs> do you do you understand what I mean at all? You're laughing at yes. that. So I, I was like, I feel like I'm being super arcane. But I, I was thinking about this a lot, like throughout the week, thinking about Ayakashi Triangle, about how, like I've said, I want it to enter into a more sort of arc, the way we kind of have with Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin right now. Mm-hmm. I think the, re- the reason that's difficult is that Suzu doesn't fit into that super well, and Suzu's getting more powerful, so you can, you know, throw her in a shonen fight if you want. But yeah. I also don't think that really suits, like, plays to the character's strengths. No. That said, I do want, kind of want Ninja Tool Girl to get her own fight and male character also. I thought it was a pretty good chapter. I do kind of like the little bit of advancement 
it has with his you know ninja tool creator enrolling in the school. It reminded me weirdly of Magu-chan, which I feel like is running out of ideas in a weird way. Like Magu-chan, I feel like threw everybody in the school and introduced all these new demons because the writer was running out of gag ideas and they either want to transition to battle manga or work towards an ending or dr- drastically change the status quo. I have a feeling they're working towards an ending. Given this week's chapter, yes, I think I agree with you. Although I fe- also feel like transferring the battle character into the school, which is the direct parallel, is more to change up the status quo than anything else. Like that's like yeah. this character is good and I want to keep him, but it he needs to be more available. Yeah. And we haven't even really talked about the chapter at all yet, which is kind of a continuation of last week. Suzu wants to get more powerful to turn Matsuri into a boy again. Uh, Matsuri is super misunderstanding of it i do like him confessing to the other guy like yeah he he's her reincarnate or she's his reincarnated lover he's like ah yes that is a very powerful trope you will just have to make the childhood friend trope stronger (laughs) (laughs) and then matsuri being like i didn't think you understood the word trope he was like i read the manga yes (laughs) Uh, do you remember suzu folding origami before because like the title comes from garaku says yeah she would like do origami and that's how she turned her powers so you should yeah, go those, into it. I just don't those re- origami cranes that she animated. I, I just don't remember this at all. I I believe you and the yeah. manga. I, I just I'm like, I feel right like when this she must first have started happened. using her powers, she animated some origami cranes. Gotcha. Like she even mentions that in this chapter. Like at first all I could do was animate those origami cranes. Yeah, yeah no, that's maybe if I make it something else. That's exactly the line where I was like, She's done this before. Like, I will ask Kevin. I'm he might remember. That's yeah, what my notes said. No, that said. totally happened. So I enjoyed it like always. Like I said, I would like a nice little battle arc. We'll see if it goes there. I, I would also like more time from Suzu's two friends, and they really don't fit in the battle arc. So Yeah, I like the addition of the pervy ninja tool oh, person yes, for sure. to be at the school. The scene with her landing onto Suzu and being like, oh, you're giving off a lustful smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Suzu sniffing later be like, lustful smell. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. And like and she's on the cover. Like I, I talked about the cover, but it's her, Matsuri, and the guy, like in a battle manga cover. Yep. And like I said, I would like it that manga to be the manga that this is for a little while. Not forever. I don't want it to go full Yu Haka show, because it would for sure lose something. But I would like a little bit more of an arc there. I'm still liking the the silly like school shenanigans with the weird supernatural angle. Mm-hmm. I, I am too, don't get me wrong. I just want I want a nice little arc. I don't want it to be arc-based. Like, I almost have the opposite thing about Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin, as we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But before that, we have Build King Chapter 14, How to Convey Vigor. What did you think of Build King this week, Kevin? It's pretty good. I, I like the kind of, like, explanation on some of the powers. You know, where, all right, this is how you use vigor. There's multiple different ways of doing it. And the explanation of the bridge building test is pretty cool. And then I like that the the one ninja dude is just like, oh, I'm already done. Yeah, I do like that the main character, whose name I can't remember, that's a good sign, is like, so if I just, like, pole vault over, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> and the main guy being like, I don't know what that means. Because he's like, well, what if I, like, bush, boom, pow, and I'm over on the other side? He's like, I, I, I don't know what any of that means. But the ninja just literally throws a thread over, and he's like, I'm going to tightrope walk it. Although, as we see, the test kind of accounts for that. Sort of. I'm figuring he's just going to defeat the spiders while staying on the tightrope. Could be. 
I kind of think he will get in trouble. I don't think he'll be like eliminated, but I think he will have a larger setback than that. Go on. Possibly. But yeah, I do I do like that you've got a week here, the building materials, you can gather your own. And so I'm wondering what Tonkachi is gonna I think that's the main guy's name mm-hmm. is gonna do with this. And I also like that they're hinting at that the gas the gas mask wearing guy is probably going to be a staple uh-huh. in their little squad because one of the other guys is like, Ah, oh, I like that guy. Uh why? His name sounds cool. <laughs> And, and he gets more of a background here where he's like, yeah, I come from a terrible place where there's no shelter. So I was like, oh, if I can get real good at building, I could build everyone a house. To even make the parallels deeper into Hunter Hunter, he comes from Meteor City. Oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Which is a giant fucking trash heap. Also, there's an asshole introduced. Yes. Which just seemed uh, very on the nose where he's like, uh, what if I just built a grave? Because only the strong should use building. And only the strong could cross this canyon. Yeah, I like the guy being like, uh, no. <laughs> you, do you guys not understand how tests work? I know I'm like a weird proctor, but... I know I'm a weird proctor, but I'm, I'm giving you simple, if not easy tasks. Build a bridge. Smack the nail. Like, there's no room for interpretation. Well, I mean, there's plenty of room for interpretation, but it's build a bridge. What if I build a grave? As long as it's a bridge, I don't give a shit. Can you use it to cross a canyon? <laughs> uh, yeah. Last but not least, we have Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, Chapter 32, Sunken Ruins, Part 9, which I liked a lot. So let me get that out of the way before I go into my thing about it seems like it will be weird to like transition back into a like comedic arcs after this. Or not arcs, but chapters after this. Especially because we're on Part 9. Next, or I guess technically in two weeks. This will be have been a third of the total run of Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, and I don't see this ending next week. Mm-hmm. Which like, is all to say, like I still really liked it a lot. I love like the way Poseidon acts. He's like, "Don't yeah. push it! I'm a god! I'll destroy your lungs!" Like, well, I'm going in. Like, hey, remember how you were sealed out of there? And he's like, "It's fine. I can get in, probably." Well, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I can get in. I'm in someone else's body, not my body. Damn it. <laughs> And like the creepy, yeah, I look forward to the day I get to play with you at the end, which like, is that because he, is, does he phrase that his, he is childish or because he is in her body? Mm-hmm. And then at a very standard Shonen cliffhanger at the end with uh, Sewajima about to attack somebody. The main dude, actually, yeah. I think. I, I assume he's going to get intercepted by some sort of tough guy he'll have to go through. Well, no, I think he actually hit the main guy, but I think he's going to be end up being fine and then going to have to fight one of the other dudes there. Although, there's, because there are three heroes and plenty of villains, there are lots of ways that could shake out. Yeah, I just, like, he actually got the hit off, if I remember correctly. I thought he was just, like, snuck up on him, but I could be wrong. I think he actually got the punch off. Kind of like, hey, don't underestimate, <laughs> you know. I know you weren't underestimating us, but don't underestimate that guy. Well, he, he the like setup for it is him going, "Hey, wait a minute, what what is missing?" Yeah. So, anything else you want to say on it? Nope. All right, that brings us into jump card.
John Card is the segment where we rank all the manga we read this week, from our least favorite up to our favorite. 19 this week, because there's no Black Clover. What do you have at number 19, Kevin? Me and Robico. Oh, I actually liked Me and Robico okay this week. It, it was I sure trying in Me and Robico at times, but... Yeah, and, and that really killed it for me. Like, I could have used without all the... Like, they're back in the... the uh, EI, a, AG period or something like that, and they're still making manga references, and it's like, let me put a hat on that. I was like, all right, if you do it once, it's funny. Yeah. If you do it five times, it's ridiculous. And that is the problem with this chapter and me and Robico, is it does something funny, and then it keeps, like, driving it into the ground. Yeah. I have high school family at 19. Sure. It's just no joy to be had from that for me. What do you have at 18? I had high school family. The message was... Okay, I agree. I agree. Don't don't focus on the past. I'm like I'm not saying the chapter was good, but that's the only thing that put it above me and Robocop was there was a message in it that's actually a decent message to put out. Yeah, I have Phantom Seer at 18. Sure. I just like I I, I want to give it a chance, but it's just it's not quite to that same level as uh, Tokyo Shinobi Squad. But I'm really mm-hmm. just having so much heart, like such a hard time caring. And what I really noticed with this is that. In the first chapter, you really like the main character's power. Yep. And the main character hasn't had a fight, like a genuine shonen fight, where he used that power the entire series. And maybe we're finally getting the one, but it just seems like such an odd, like it was such a weird thing for me to notice. Yeah, no, that he constantly, he's, that's not true. He's used the power once he did that stepping on a shadow thing to the fox girl or whatever. Gotcha. The Tanuki girl. But that's it. Like, I totally agree with you. And that didn't really feel like a fight, right? Because no. of the circumstances. I just meant, that's the like he's only used his power twice. The, that first time, at, which was cool, and then let me use this stepping on a shadow thing. It's like if Naruto had opened with Naruto unleashing Kuruma in like the first chapter, and then didn't use it again for ninety chapters. I, I don't think that's a perfect analogy, but I do see what you're saying. No. What do you have at number seventeen? Phantom Seer. Okay. I completely agree with you, and I also do not like the girl's, oh, let me use my disintegration barrier to heal you. That that doesn't make sense. I mean, that that just seemed like a shonen to me. I also thought about that, and I'm like, eh, any series I liked more, I would for sure give this a pass, so. I would have been totally fine if it was just, let me use my powers to heal you, but they specifically said disintegration barrier, and I'm like, is this just the the catch-all, what does it do? This is my plot device power. Yep. Look, maybe it's hard to translate, like Genki-Dama. Genki-Dama don't mean spirit bomb, (laughs) but but it's a rat as hell translation. I have ITLC at 17. Sure. I want to like it, I do. There's stuff I kind of like here, but again... It's just like getting so entangled in the stuff that doesn't work about it. Yep. Oh, what do you have at 16? I tell C. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to have what I, I have at 16 at 15, I don't think. I Probably not. Because that's where I put Mashal. Like I said, I just don't didn't think it worked, honestly. Okay. And, and we talked about it. It was the, literally the first thing we talked about. Yep. It wasn't a terrible chapter. I'll say, like, the problem with this week's Shonen Jump is, like, everything in the middle just kind of add to me. And Mashal, I think, worked the least, which is why it's down there. What do you have at 15? That's where I put Sakamoto Days. This is definitely, like, I liked the wife getting mad. Yeah, that part's super good. But, like, I put it higher mostly because of that. 
And I also like the video rental store Intel place. That, that's a good ideal. Yeah. But like, it's such a weird transition chapter that, that makes it feel super long and not a good way. Well, honestly, like for me, it Sakamoto Days is that break where I actually liked. Gotcha. Like I did like Sakamoto Days. That was just the thing I liked the least. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to call out is I do like right at the end where they're like stealth mode and Sakamoto takes off a pair of glasses, throws them away and puts on the exact same pair, like a different pair of identical glasses Mm -hmm. for stealth mode. And you can like see the other ones in the background. I just thought was funny. Like I would have let, you know, stealth mode. You, you just put on the exact same hat. (laughs) I got a list of samurai at 15. Okay. It just seemed very show don't tell to me. I liked the, like, it's what we've said we needed with the retainers showing more personality and them coming together and forming a plan, right? And I liked the, like, hot springs bit at the end. Yeah. But like I said, it just seemed very show-don't-tell to me with all their personalities. A little bit. I still, I liked it quite a lot. What do you have at 14? That's where I put Undead Unlocked. Same. It's just kind of the denouement for the autumn fight. Which it feels like this denouement has been going forever. But I did like this chapter more than the previous ones. I mean, technically, the Danamas start, you know, they only beat Autumn last chapter. So it's not like the Danamas has been going on forever. But I understand what you mean by saying that. It feels like the Danamas of this arc has been going on forever. Mm-hmm. Like, that did not feel like a climax to me. Mm-hmm. That fight. Which I think is part of why this is, this series has felt so rocky lately. What do you have at 13? That's where I put Build King. Okay. I don't really have much else to say about Fair. it that I didn't say. Fair. Earlier. That's where I put me and Robocow. Like I said, like th- th- some of the past jokes just got me the idea of like, I-, I think the fact that the rich kid just like kept figuring out things from the main era, like that actually kind of got me like that repeating joke worked. And it, it didn't for the, me. The so. gotcha gorilla bit at the end was, you know, not great, but like it's a way better ending than Robocow usually has. Yeah. I just, again, if they didn't have to resort, uh, we talked about this in high school family last week. They didn't have to resort to the narratives thing. Yeah. Oh, and the thing got fixed. Yeah. Okay. What do you have at number 12? Uh, that's where I put Nine Dragons Ball Parade. Alrighty. Anything you want to say on it or leave it at that? No. Nah. Uh, that's where I put Mission Yozakura Family. Like, like I said, I, I I thought it was all right, but the art didn't really carry it the way I thought it needed to. It wasn't a bad chapter, though. What do you have at 11? That's where I put Maguchan. I liked it. Uh, you know, we're getting some... We get some snowboard shenanigans or i guess ski ski and snowboard shenanigans ski yeah i was trying to winter sports shenanigans x games shenanigans mountain like uh you know ski mountain shenanigans there we go the ski trip you don't necessarily have to ski but you can't stay uh, here yep and the (laughs) the introduction of this new character that's trying to stir things up I'm hoping when he says, I just want to be your friend, that this will not just be immediately solved by them becoming friends next week. I do not think it will. I got Sakamoto Days at 11. We we talked about it. The bit with the wife was really funny, and the VHS shop Mm -hmm. is a good idea. Ideas got you pretty far this week, because like I said, I thought a lot of stuff was pretty eh. What do you have at 10? That's where I put the Elusive Samurai. I liked more exploration into the retainers, and they had a roll credit sequence, which I thought was cool and by that i mean they called out the name of the manga in the manga yeah yeah by calling themselves the elusive samurai yeah and like i liked the joke of oh we should come up with a name how about the runaway and hide set and like they're like coming up with these horrible ideas was good and i liked it <laughs> fair enough 
Ten's where I put my hero. Like I okay. said, it just seemed very disposable. The Bakugo stuff was funny, and, and I am somewhat excited for next week, but I don't feel like a lot was accomplished. What do you have at number nine? That's where I put Mission Yozakura. I did like it. I liked the the brother worrying about his blooming and kind of overcoming his fears of not wanting to use it. Uh-huh. I have Build King at nine. Again, ideas got you far this week, and I like the way that Vigor is explained. And I was like, first you want to use it with a tool, then just by touching something, and then you can just key blast buildings to build them. Kamehame Bridge! I don't think it's Kamehame Bridge. Neither do I, but that is how it's kind of explained. Well, like, what it seems like is you can key blast Vigor at buildings. Yes. So you can imbue stuff from afar. So it's like I can throw out a bridge and then make it a strong bridge in transit or fix up that castle from down on the ground or something. Yes. I, I'm sure you're correct, but that amuses yes. me. And like I said, it's Build King is more and more what I want it every week lately. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number eight? That's where I put Dr. Stone. Okay. I thought it was a good chapter of Dr. Stone. I like the uh, Kohaku and the two others going out. And having the, especially Hyoga, having the, oh, well, if we take out the their communications, we can just murder the shit out of Zeno, or torture the shit out of Zeno until he gives us what we want, because they won't be able to take out the hostages if they don't have a communications device. Yeah, because they're all the way back at the city. Yep. I have one piece at eight. I said my thoughts on it pretty clearly, I think. I do like all the Robin stuff they're setting up. That's really cool. But the rest of it felt kind of flat. The Brooks stuff is good, too. I just care more about Robin. Like I said, we talked about it. Yeah. No, that's fine. What do you have at number seven? That's where I put Hardbold, Cop, and Dolphin. Okay. I liked it. The, you know, Poseidon being possessed, but still kind of being Chaco-ish was funny. Yes. And then, you know, even though it's a, I'm excited for this fight with Sawajima and the rest of the MIU against these guys. Yeah. I got Jujutsu Kaisen at seven. Okay. Again, it's a little bit of whiplash, like I said before. And also, it's one of those, it's just fight, so it goes real fast chapters, but I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. What do you have in number six? That's where I put Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay. It's good. I I really like a lot of the fight sequences. That's where I stuck Dr. Stone. I really, really liked it as well, but the ending seemed really sudden to me. Like, I get what they were going for, but it felt to me almost like, oh shit, we're at the end. Cliffhanger. They, they gotta go now. Yeah. And yeah. And it took from like what I thought was going to be like a number one chapter this week down a bit. Still really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number five? That's where I put Ayakashi Triangle. Okay. It's good cutesy Ayakashi Triangle stuff. Yeah. With uh, pervert Ninja Tool Girl. Good character. She should be should yep. smell more things. Yes, it is very funny. And so now that she's part of the school, they can get into regular school shenanigans with her being a super weird pervert. Yes. She can smell everyone. It'll be great. <laughs> hi. hi. Uh, are you Suzu's friends? <sighs> you smell like alien. You smell like... <laughs> I got Magu-chan at five. Okay. The direction is super strange. I Like we talked about earlier, I feel like this is kind of building towards an ending. It, or it's going to try to transition to battle manga which is something that humor manga does sometimes if they want to prolong their life. Because as we've seen, like, you can only keep a gag manga going so long. I guess unless you're a Kira Toriyama in the 80s. 
But even he could only do it once before his second one had to transition hard into battle. Although yep. I do feel like the character designs do not suit that very well, so I feel like they're probably going more for an ending. But like this is the first Magi Chan cliffhanger that like had suspense to it, I feel like. That wasn't more like yeah. hijinxy. Yeah. What do you have at number four? That's where I put Meshul. I just really like the moment, especially after like having to realize that, oh, that person in the cliffhanger of the last chapter was Mashal. And I kind of liked the explanation of the weak guy's powers. You know, it's like, oh, he can swap stuff. And it kind of just made me think of Toto from Jujutsu Kaisen, because yes. just in the anime, he just revealed that that's what his power was. Yes, they just had that big fight. Which, I mean, I knew beforehand. So, but like, so did I. I liked that element of it, and I like how in Jujutsu Kaisen, and the curse that they're fighting even brings it up like, oh, it's a simple power that makes it extremely dangerous. Yeah, and Toto knows exactly how to use it. Which is the big contrast. Yeah, those simple powers are terrifying because it's like, well, you know, just like My Hero Academia and some of like, you know, the quirks, like Saro's tape, like that's something that seems ridiculously simple. So it's his ingenuity that makes it powerful as opposed to just straight up. Oh, yeah, I can do this. All right, cool. Well, there's not that much you can do with a technique that's extremely complicated. Yeah. Um, I have nine dragons at four. Like I said, I okay. really like the direction it's going. I liked the little bit of backstory we got here. Like, it was affecting. And like I said, I thought it was a pretty weak Shonen Jump overall. So this had, like, emotional content. And that'll jump it up I for sure. You. What do you have at number three? That's where I put Witch Watch. Same. I really liked the kind of whole thing with the, the creepy guys that were going to try to bully the girls. And Morihito just taking them out silently to be like, I'm going to protect her outing yeah kind of thing and, and like the, and then her noticing it at the end yeah right after she's like ah oh, no he's not dependable or cool at all i really liked the the timing of that because yeah. it was like yeah, it in works. the middle of him beating the shit out of them to help these girls day she's like ah oh, he's not dependable and he's totally useless in a fight and yeah he's just he's not that great of a dude yeah and i wonder how much of that is her trying to make him not sound as appealing yeah no it certainly has that vibe right the o yeah. the only thing I didn't like about it is that it, it felt, I think, more rapey than it was intended. Not that I think you should have toned the guys down too much, but particularly like when they come back and are like, yeah, we'll make them strip for us and all that. Like, that, that seemed tonally a little dissonant to me. Yes, but at the same time, I think that's an issue that happens in Japan. I mean, yeah, let's be honest, it happens here too. Yeah, but I think it's bigger, like, I don't want to say bigger in Japan, but... I've recently seen like three different things about now, admittedly it has been stripping dudes and taking videos of them, but stripping pe like high school students, stripping one another. So you, you think this is a, a ripped from the headline sort of thing? Sort of like there was, there's an anime that I was watching that, that this happened to it's an isekai. So this happened to this, uh, he ends up being a 40 year old neat. And most of that is trauma caused by the fact that he got, terrorized like that as a kid yeah. in high school. Like, they stripped him naked, posted videos of it, and yeah. then I think chained him to the front gate. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't happen or it's too far. I just mean, like, that. if that happened and we never learn, it would have, like, raised an eyebrow, right? Yeah. And, and that's sort of, not to say Witch Watch has to fall into that, but so far it seems, like, with the jokes about, I'm guy who doesn't have sleeves last week. This yeah. seems like a pretty far tone jump. It's still got number three for me. I, I still, it didn't ruin it or anything. 
It was just yeah, no. I mean, spoilers. My number two is Ayakashi Triangle, and I'm like, is the real egregious panty shirt shot worse, or is that worse? <laughs> I would give it number two. That's where I put my hero. Even though there's a lot of Denouement stuff, I still, I'm still riding a high off of my hero, I guess. So I liked seeing Bakugo and the rest of the kids. That joke with uh, Best Genus being like, "Oh, Captain Lord." Uh, murder explosion dynamite or whatever the hell his name <laughs> yeah. is just like casually calling him that it just killed it's me it's quite good i won't lie like i said i have ayakashi triangle at two mostly because it advances the plot like we talked about with the ninja mm-hmm. tool girl it changes the status quo very slightly in a way that's better so what do you have at number one that's where i put one piece really that robin stuff is really what did it for me especially with her right at the end being like oh hey sanji Thanks for calling on me for help. Yeah, it's good stuff. Because that's literally never happened before. Uh-huh. Like, it's usually been the reverse. Yeah, it was like Sanji... Uh, well, Nico's not... Or Robin's not usually calling for help. I, I feel... I guess you're right, but like I talked about, her big moment is her explicitly calling for help. Yes. So there is that. But I really liked... Like, especially Sanji isn't usually the one that has to call for help. So I really like that I'm also expecting something to come of like because he shouts that Yamato finds one of the mice with the weird thing on it the cyborg animal thing so I'm expecting a couple other people to have figured that out as well I feel like the only other person smart enough to do that is Nami and she's preoccupied and and Usopp but also preoccupied Frankie could do it also preoccupied arguably more so Yes, I realize all of them are preoccupied, but I feel like at the same time, they might have been like, where was, like, after the their fights, where was that fight coming? Or yeah. where was that, where did that voice come from? Fair. Maybe some of the other samurai. Like Hashigori, the flower, the Yakuza guy? I was like, maybe, but maybe a couple other people will figure out some stuff from that. So I just thought that was kind of neat. I got hired by a cop and dolphin at one. Mostly the Poseidon stuff, like super interesting. Like, the way it works, I really like the, the like way he and Chaco, like, it's really hard to tell is Chaco influencing him, or is Chaco that way because she's the oracle and a vessel? Yeah. And, like, so the, the like, he's so intimidating, then the, oh, that didn't work. Like, genuinely very funny. Yes. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, or shall we move along? I'm going to say, actually, I did really like this week. I think your mood might have affected how you felt about the the magazine as a whole i thought this was pretty good like i you know i liked sakamoto days and everything else up Alrighty, well we read bakuman volume 16 which spoilers i liked and we will talk about that after the break Oh, we read Bakuman Volume 16. Kevin, you haven't read it before, so how did you like it? This was amazing. (laughs) On a reread, it loses some of the tension, but it's still very good. Yeah, because we have those first couple of chapters of, oh God, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's still very good. Do we just want to jump right into it? Yeah, I figure. Edgy keeps getting first place, and his editor's nervous. He's like, "Um, maybe he just wants to cheer up Ashigori, especially after, like, hey, thanks for showing us what we needed to do with that first place. 
He's, and then he's like, oh, maybe he wants to end plus natural because he said it wasn't very interesting and the anime's over and it keeps slipping in the rankings. Uh, but no, he wants to end Crow because he wants to go out on top. Yeah. Well, I do want to say with his editor, he has a bit of ups and downs in the volume where at first he's kind of nervous. Then I think when he tells him about Ashigori, or I think Hattori tells him about, or the other Hattori yeah. tells him about Ashigori. Yeah wanting to think he was like oh that that's what that was okay yeah we're cool he just wants to be number one that's a totally normal thing to do and so he tells team fakuda about the canceling the any series just fakuda who then tells the team yeah that's true and then he goes into the editor's office alone and he's like oh oh god (laughs) no what's happening yeah and then they they all confront him because they think he's gonna cancel plus natural he's like uh now he told me if i we made the condition that if i get first 10 weeks in a row i will have I can finish it 10 chapters after that. And no, I, I want to, I want to fit it and crow. <laughs> yep. I, I want to like go out on top I, I'll, and be the best ever instead of letting it stagnate. Yeah. And I really like that. How everyone reacts to that. Or like seeing how everyone reacts to that. Like there's tons of people that no, you need to keep, you know, making money. Oh, is it about the art? We're like, respecting the artists. Should we be making the, like, is it Yoshida? Yeah. Is, is Lauren's like, no, we should make him keep doing it for him. Yeah, because he's the person that's like, I have to trick Himura yeah. into being a good manga artist, which is beneficial for him. But, like, I, I can't just tell him, oh, you need to do this. I need to trick him into that. So, like, maybe we need to try and work with something for AG. You know, he shouldn't cancel the manga just because he feels a little bored with it. Yeah. And this is a subject we've talked around before, but one of the reasons Bakuman is so good for this podcast, in addition to being so good, is the fact that it's about manga, and the writers frequently use it to make discussions about manga, right? And about the industry, and about Shonen Jump. And it's super interesting that things like Demon Slayer and the Promised Neverland, specifically Demon Slayer, followed this exact trajectory. Demon Slayer was the first manga to outsell One Piece in over 10 years. And it got canceled, and it ended the year after because the author wanted to be done with it. And obviously, you have a different editor-in-chief, but it's very interesting to think about. Yeah, and I really, I tend to like this where I usually call it the sitcom problem, but you can have something that gets extremely popular and eventually just becomes rote, and it it's like, why didn't you just end it earlier? And it's even more interesting when you consider that this is by the two people who wrote Death Note. And I've heard mostly that the reason Death Note is so long is they like the idea of it going for 108 chapters. But Death Note is a series where most people kind of forget about the second half. And it's incredibly, incredibly popular and has a ton of adaptations, most of which don't bother with the second half at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing that kind of, you know, maybe this is them kind of discussing their personal opinions on it. Like, I know they were the ones who wanted it to continue, but maybe they kind of realized this afterwards. Huh, maybe we should have gone out after that first half rather than trying to, like, push it to 108 or, oh, keep going until it loses popularity. Yeah, I almost wonder if, like, they felt a lot of resistance when they tried to end it there, even. Because that's another possibility. Or if they're just talking about industry trends in general. Because this, at the end of it, we get to another one where they talk about the age of creators, right? And it's a very similar thing. Where the editors throughout the manga have become more and more characters. And more and more they're used almost as think pieces for the authors to talk about their thoughts on manga. Although they do do a very good job of making sure all the characters have different points of view. Yes. Um, 
yeah, I do really like that. They at least play devil's advocate with themselves. Yeah. So Team Fakuda goes to Edgy's and they're all like, we're not going to let you. We're going to beat you. And he's like, like, we don't think you should end it. He's like, well, you got to beat me then. They're like, okay, we will. And he's like, okay, if I'm going to get first until I submit my last chapter. And I, it won't just be the next 10. If you guys can beat me before I've finished the final chapter, I will keep going. Mm-hmm. And that was more of what I was talking about with the tension is like, I knew how that ended. Yeah. Which is still super, don't get me wrong. It's still super good on a reread, but I feel like it was so much more powerful the first time when I'm like, oh man, are they going to be edgy? Like they have this really good plan or are yeah. they not? Well, it's not, yeah, it's not just, and it's not just Asugori. It's, you know, it, everyone comes up with, not everyone. Alki gets but, kicked out of the club immediately. Well, she, she basically concedes. Yes. She's like, Listen, there's no way I can get Can't Fool Me to, or no, Can't Fool Me is Homura's. Yeah, I don't remember what hers is called. Angel Angel Beats, I think, is a real manga. Anyway, she's like, there's no way I could get my manga to suddenly jump to first. It's just not going to happen. So I'm going to continue going because rather than try and do something weird to get more votes, which could end up costing me more. I know that Homura is also like, well, I can't do it either, but his editor tricks him. Yeah. There's some super good editor stuff in this. Yeah, he wasn't going to try at all, but I, I do really like that. I really like just the visual detail of any time Naki is on screen, there are freaking, like, stink lines, essentially. Oh, and uh, the, It's more like... The editor starts wearing a mask into his apartment, too. Which, again, in the year yeah. 2021, where that's normal, is harder to notice, but... No, I immediately noticed it, because not everyone is wearing a yeah. mask. Like, I knew people did that in Japan even before this like i remember right when that started becoming a thing in the pandemic there was an artist who made a joke about it where it was these two schoolgirls and who had like painted kitty cat faces on theirs was like oh your mask is so kawaii and it's a dude who's like actually sick <laughs> wearing the mask yeah but uh i just i love that visual detail of like Hamura brings up he's like ah it stinks when you're in here and there's just literally like smog clouds in the room Whenever Naki's on screen. So, but everyone else tries in their own way. He starts learning from Naki to make his art more realistic so that it's not just a gag manga. I love how into it Fakuda gets. Like, yeah, we're going to have a new character who will learn, teach Giri the secret technique with harsh training sessions. And then he'll get a new motorbike. Yeah. And they're all like bold and capitalized and italicized and proper nouns like, like good shonen manga yeah. should. No, it's very good. And then we also have Ashigora's old assistant who's working on the kind of like lawyer manga. Yeah. Also has a pretty good plan of he's like, oh, well, I'm going to set up this big case thing and I'll get uh, color pages on the conclusion chapter because like they tell them a month in advance when they're going to get the color pages. Yeah. So they have time to draw the color illustration. Yeah. And so like Fukuda spends in it spends the entire month working on his color illustration hoping that his rad illustration will take him to first yeah but that doesn't quite do it and the the assistant manages to get second which is better than what he's ever done he beat ashigori but he doesn't beat ag yep and then they are like oh can we have color pages too and they like come up with this very cool gimmick where the color page is like super central to the plot and all the color in it is important in the mystery and the chapter is them solving it and, of course, they get the closest, but they also can't beat Eiji. Yep. I really liked that. I kind of wish 
the their picture had actually been color. I'm pretty sure it was in the original run, and it's just not in the, in the volume because there are no color pages in it. I know. I just I kind of wish they had let, done let that. Me, yeah, I agree 100%. Let me see if I can find a color version of it real quick. I have the internet. Because I feel like that would have been like, yes, I know volumes don't typically have color pages, but I feel like that might have been... I mean, I guess there's the printing requirement, so there's no way that you could do that. Or there's no way you could feasibly do that. Because you'd have to get a completely different printer. Yeah, it's not coming up when I Google it, but I would definitely bet that it was actually a color page in the... In the magazine, probably. Yeah. Well, I can't find one, so maybe not. I, I would have assumed they would have done that, but... Yeah, I, maybe not. Maybe for oh, the well. exact same reason of it was kind of hard for them to get color page for their thing like they you know Hattori really had to push it and the editor kind of basically caved because of the whole competition yeah that could be but yeah they, they can't beat him and so they called to uh they all put the congratulation comments in the like editor page except for Fukuda who forgets so he calls him and that makes him look at them all and then he like once AG goes to Ashigori and they have a nice conversation and I do love how uh, Kai is like, ah, oh, he's a cool guy, isn't he? He got a good rifle. <laughs> yep. And I also like that that's where he declares he's going to make the best manga ever. Yep. And then there's discussion about what that means. Yeah, which I also really liked. You know, they were kind of like, well, what do you mean best manga ever? Like, do you mean favorite? The one I consider the best? And it's like, I think it's... I forget who does, but somebody's like, you can really see everyone's personality and what they think is their best or their favorite manga. Yeah, and like Yuji's like, uh, I think X-Men's the best-selling comic of all time I read once. Kind of depends on how you count, but technically true. Mm-hmm. Well, he's all, like, he probably also doesn't read it, so yeah. I could definitely believe somebody being like, "I that sounds right. Yeah, and X-Men number, uh, Giant Size X-Men number one that came out in 92 is the highest-selling single issue of all time. So, again, it's technically correct, though Batman and Superman have both sold more than that, although One Piece is alarmingly close to passing them. <laughs> and there's Superman and Batman, who have been around since the 30s. Anyway. Yep. So then we get a, a short arc with Iwase, where she's super depressed that Plus Natural isn't doing well. She hears some kids talking about how she, they should have canceled that instead of Crow. Yep. So she gets super... Well, she's been... Mm. Even before the start of this arc, they've kind of been showing that she's been kind of in a slump recently. Like, even before the ending of Crow, Edgy is talking about how he's like, I, like maybe if I could do some of the writing, but I can't, I can't fix the story. Like, right now, it, it's boring, and we're just kind of stuck with it. And I can do a little bit, but she's so proud that, like, she, she would call me out on it. I do like, she's like, oh, I could ask for Edgy for help. No, I can't. I should ask Takagi to, for help. No, I also can't. Yeah. It's just, like... Like I've said, there are some things in Bakuman that kind of don't come back from this point on, since we're nearing the end, all jokes aside. Mm -hmm. And this is like, I, I, I feel like I've said this before, but I feel like this is like the last time Iwase does anything of note. And it's a weird way for her character to go out. Sort of, but I really liked the, they kind of had this whole thing with everybody's rivals with Edgy. And like that battle is what helped him make Crow number one for 20 weeks straight. Yeah. And... During this whole thing with Awase, it just turns out that she needed other Takagi and everyone else to act like their rivals. And they were like, you know, almost, they didn't say this outright, but they're like, sorry, we've kind of been worried about this Crow thing, but like, you're important, you're a rival to us too. Yeah. 
I do love how like Mashiro goes on his own because Kaya doesn't want Takagi to go and gets yeah. her to open the door and then everyone's there. I especially love like Kaya's not in this chapter much, but her expression when she sees Awase of just like oh, that bitch while everybody else is like, yeah, you can do it is super good. <laughs> yes. And then at the end, we have a couple chapters to start us into the next storyline, which I was going to say is the penultimate storyline of this, but I feel like I'm forgetting one and there are at least two more after it. So, but we are really getting near the end here. So what did yep. you think about the last couple of chapters? I think they're really interesting. I'm we're So the first thing is we have this older guy turning in a manga to jump and he gets Miura as the editor who has been kind of like in a weird state because Plus Natural's not doing so great, but the lawyer one is actually doing really well. So he's kind of like getting a bit full of himself. Because he's like, I've got some series that are doing, like I got an anime, I had a series that got an anime, and this series is doing really good right now, but he kind of always seems to be dropping the ball. Like, especially with Awase, he does not notice anything wrong Mm -hmm. with her. Which, admittedly, is some of her fault, because the start of their relationship, she was super cold to him, and I'm assuming that continued throughout the whole relationship. So, because now she's being more distant than cold, he doesn't really notice the difference. Yeah. Which, like, again, it's it's kind of both of their faults. Like, yes, it is his fault that he missed it, but it's also her fault that she treated him that way so that he just kind of got used to her not caring or not seeming like she cared. Yeah. And so I, I like that he kind of gets he gets to strike out because this uh, older guy is like, nope, you frowned the second you read my manga. I'm going to leave. No, he didn't even read the manga. It was the second he saw him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, he was like, you frowned the second you saw that I was an older guy. Because he was, that was his thought was like, oh, he's an older dude. Well, he sounded younger on the phone. Yeah. Maybe this isn't going to work out so good. Yeah. And so calls again the next day and gets Hattori to turn in his work. And Hattori is much more professional about it and reveals the panty flash fight manga that this guy is working on. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's a traditional battle manga from the point of view of the younger brother of a girl who's in the panty flash fight, which is a fight where you lose if the other person sees your panties. No, if the audience sees oh, your panties. You're right. It is the audience. And all the girls have a special power, you know, because it's shown a jump. Yep. Because it's shown a jump. And then the, you know, it's a non because it's like there's no stakes. Well, I mean, there's stakes, but they're very low stakes because it's like the worst thing that happens is they saw your panties and then you have to take them off and give them to someone in the audience. Although it, it even kind of, we don't see it, but the hint is like, ah, oh, even like then goes into her background and why she's in it. And so I assume yeah. like it seems very Food Wars, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. going to say sexier, but I don't know if that's true. Uh, uh, honestly, probably less sexy. <laughs> I was going to say, Aaron, I ain't in that series yet, as far as we know. Well, some of the some of the girls could be really cute, but I'm assuming there's more nudity in uh, Food Wars. Food Wars than there is Panty Flash Fight. But we see this uh, kind of shady silhouette dude who has been uh, who the this older artist is talking with after he meets with. Goro. Yeah. And it's like, he's calling him and he's like, hey, it didn't work out. He's like, all right, well, let me try again. And he's like, oh, you got Hattori. Oh, which Hattori? Oh, this will be great. And so they're kind of getting this because, you know, the the editorial office is raving about Panty Flash Fight. And Hattori's like, maybe we need to change the dumb name. You know what? We probably don't need to change the dumb name. This works great. Yeah, but 
the guy asked to like hide his age and Hattori's going to, but his old editor, who is the guy who edited Yu-Gi-Oh, whose name I can't remember right now, sees him on the way out. And he, mm-hmm. and he also recognizes the art style. So yeah. that immediately goes out the window. Well, sort of, but he, well, yeah, to the hiding the thing for the editorial office, but he also wants to hide it from the public. But like Mashiro recognizes his name. He's like, wait a minute. I know, and like, I love that uh, Takagi is like having a conversation with Kaya. Kaya. <laughs> I was like, was it the, well, I couldn't remember if it was the assistants or if it was Kaya. Yeah. Because she's like, this kind is of so like, dumb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're having the, you know, uh, she's like, why would anybody want, you know, why would anybody want to see girls' panties? Uh, <laughs> like, and Takagi's like, you're not, you're not a 13-year-old boy. You don't understand. Or, you know, a 23-year-old boy, in their case. Yes. <laughs> and I do love the She's like, so, so Mashiro wants to see Miho's panties. She's like, yeah, don't, don't compare Mashiro to normal people, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I went to Miho's house... Or I saw her panties and they were and Takagi's like, no, we'll never get him back. <laughs> but I love during this whole thing, Mashro's just kind of like spacing out. And mm-hmm. eventually he's like, I got it. That was that guy's name. And he like finds his old work because they've got that giant library of old manga. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, yeah, this guy, he actually used to, you know, he's never had anything at jump, but he's done other manga work before and he's like specifically if my uncle were still alive he would be his age now so i really want to root for him yeah and so i like the the kind of back and forth discussion like a bunch of the editors are like the whole point of jump is shonen jump it's for the younger crowd we want to pick up younger talent so that they can go the distance rather than picking up somebody who's already 50 which uh, you know this guy is yeah who might not be able to handle drawing manga that rigorously but hattori like he always does. He's like, no, all that matters is that it's good. Jump is the only meritocracy left in the world. Yeah. And this is good. Like, you, you can't deny it. Yeah, and I do like that it's not just a Tory that has that standpoint. Like, I think one or two of the other editors are also... Like, so the editorial office is a little split on how they should handle it. Obviously, they love it, but they're kind of split on... Well, I mean, clearly it should be, you know, Shonen Jump is supposed to be out young people and like Fukuda has the thing when eventually the other guy gets in after meeting up with the guy who does panty flash and I'm assuming his secret benefactor. Yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? They mention the Nanamine. They mention Nanamine somewhere in there. So I, they, they, I don't know if it's they I don't feel like they mentioned Nanamine. They t- they talk about his manga and how it's no longer in the series so they can be weirder with PCP. I think that's what they were talking about. This feels a lot like classroom of. Oh, oh no, yeah, I know you're, what it was. You're right. it was... Uh, with the new guy when he brings in, or the 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 second old guy, he has his work and like, yeah, it's like classroom of truth. And he's like, ah ha ha. I don't know if you're teasing me or not. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. One. Well, they also have the thing where Takaki is like, damn it, it's like classroom of truth all over again. The second I'm like, we're gonna come up with a nun, yeah. like a cult hit battle manga, and, and this guy does it before me. Yeah. That, yeah, that's true too. Sorry, I thought I had another yeah. thought, but I don't. No worries. So I'm excited to find out more about this secret benefactor character. Because the guy who does Panty Flash doesn't seem like to be that bad. But the the one guy who had just been canned and then immediately came back after talking with this guy and was like, yeah, I finally figured out how to do it. You know, well, oh, I, I remember what I was going to say. Seems super shady. They, they also like they look at his old manga and like, this is just like bad porn. 
Like it's nothing like yes. any flash flight. Like, but also it's been years and they're like, ah, oh, he must've really studied and figured it out. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if he is going to be the victim here of whatever secret scheme, you know, this guy's probably because they keep making the classroom of truth references. This guy's probably like coaching this guy on what to do mm-hmm. basically to like impress the editorial office somehow. And I was like, that's not necessarily, again, that's not necessarily a bad thing depending on how it's being used. You know, if it was like the guy with panty flash, your art style is fine, but you were basically just drawing porn. So maybe change your style up a little bit and we can make this work. That'll be cool. So like I said, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with that. All right. Uh, oh, last thing I wanted to bring up at the end, there is a bit with Himura and his editor where there he's like, yeah, Nanaki, like I could uh, manipulate things so that you end up with Aoki's sister. It'll be great. And uh, I do love Himura's like, yeah, you have a bright future if you let him manipulate you. <laughs> yes, I, I did love that line. <laughs> I do love that Himura is just like, not, not into it, but I do love that. It's like at the end of the day, consensual. He's like, yeah, you know, he, he is good for me. Yep. There's a similar moment with Edgy and Yuji Hitori, actually, where Edgy's like, I want to make the best manga ever. And Hitori's like, I don't think I can do that. And Edgy's like, good. If you said you thought you could, I would not want to work with you. Yes. I also do love the bit where he's like, sees Edgy drawing a superhero thing uh, with the elements. He's like, I'm pretty sure it's been done before, but like, I was just doing it. And he's like, this is like the middle of the story. He's like, yeah, I'm like a hundred pages in. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that, that whole sequence where he's like, how many of these do you have? Well, I draw them in my free time. You have free time? It's like, well. And he reveals that he's got like 30 manga ideas. He's like, this isn't for serialization. This is just because I, you know, like Edgy said before, he's like, what do you do when you relax? I draw manga. Yeah. Like that, that relaxes me. And he's like, I've been doing this since I started several years ago. Of course, I have a ton of extra content built up. Yeah, it's not just this for me. It's not for serialization. Specifically, Yuji's like, yeah, I think we could garden at this. Like, uh, I think Elemental Table Heroes have been done before. But he's like, Edgy's like, eh, if you want something that hasn't been done before, you should check out my one about the space cockroach. And he's like, how much of that did you? He's like, eh, if, like, I, I, like, I just dropped by the page, but I think it's about like 30 volumes. <laughs> yes, I, I did like that. Where And so he's going through, he's like, this, this is as good as Crow. All of these are as good as Crow. And so that's when he realizes, no, I can't submit any of these. We need to like, yes, this would be, you know, these would be great series, but Edgy wants to make something better. So I like that he's like, uh, hey, do you want to like go anywhere you know, I'm sure we can uh, requisition a research trip for you. And he was like, I want to see the Louvre, the Pyramids, and the Aurora Borealis. Okay, I don't know that we can do all of those, but we can definitely do one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to bring up? Nope. All right. Uh, that just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top, we have Uzumaki Naruto from Naruto. At the bottom, we have Koku from Flame of Rekka. In the center, we have Red from Pokemon Adventures and Chise Hattori from Ancient Magus Bride. I'm not really sure who we should add at this point for Bakuman. I don't know either. Like, I, We don't have Takahame, who does Classroom of Truth on here. He might be good. He, he does which one? Oh, no, sorry, not Classroom of Truth. He does the courtroom one. I don't know why I called. Okay, yeah, that that would be fine. Also, when you say classroom of yeah, truth, I was, I was like, wrong. We, we have Nanamine on here. What are you talking about? No, nah, let's go with the guy who does the courtroom. Gotcha. Takahama. One. 
Uh, do you think yeah. anyone needs to move this week? I, I I should have opened with my joke about do we have Edgy too low, but I don't think we do anymore. He is at number eight right below Krillin. No, I don't think anyone moves. Okay. I think he's probably better than Goro Mira, the second editor that we talked about how he's getting cocky this week. What do you think there? I don't think I want to move him, though. Like, No, I, I think he's better than I'm talking about Takahama. Oh. Where, where we rank Takahama. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah, I do think he's better than him as well, especially with Goro. Admittedly, I like it because he's kind of like the young blood of the group, so we've seen a lot of ups and downs from him. Yeah. I think probably better than Koji Yoshida, who's Himura's editor, who, like I said, we do actually have on here. That's harder, but I think better, probably. That is harder. I actually think I like Yoshida, especially with the, you know, kind of like the, I'm I'm doing this manipulation for the artist's good. Yeah. So, like, yes, he's usually played as a gag, but especially when he's like, no, we shouldn't end Crow, and not because we need to make more money, but because it's best for edgy. Yeah. Okay. I'm willing to go with that. That makes the final question. Is he better or worse than Rekka Hanabishi? I'd say better. I, I would agree. So Shoya Takahama goes at number 49, above Rekka and below Koji Yoshida. All righty. That will do it for this week. Next week, we are going to start reading some sports manga for the lovely month of March, starting with volume mm-hmm. two of Haikyuu, because I want to read a bunch of that this year. Yeah. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website, where you can check out our other shows, and by our other shows, I mean It's a Gundam, as well as join our Discord if you want to talk about Bakuman or some sports manga or anything else. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? Not this week. Have a great week, everybody. Gotta stop.